0: this kingdom together. Um, Consecration week. Consecration set apart for a purpose, set apart for one use only. So as we go into this word, I want you to keep that word in mind, consecration. Let's pray. Father, we honor your holy name. We thank you, God. I stand here as your waitress. And Father, I thank you for the meal that you've given me to the privilege to serve tonight. God, I ask that you would prepare our hearts and our ears to hear your word. Lord, that it would not be just a logos road, but a rhema word, yes. that it would go straight to our hearts, God, produce fruit for the kingdom. God, we thank you for your glorious presence. Yes. Lord, we yes. honor it right now. Hallelujah. And we say, have your way in this yes. atmosphere, Lord. Hallelujah. We are yours. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. Hallelujah. Well, the text the Lord um, led me to share with you tonight comes from Matthew. Excuse me, Mark chapter 5. Starting in verse 21. And for time's sake, I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to jump straight to verse 35. But just to contextualize it a little bit, we have miracles and healings going on. Jesus was on the road, and Jairus came up to him and wanted a healing. And then we see the woman with the issue. How many of you have ever had an issue? You fill in the blank. And she had to press in, press against people who didn't believe, press against people who couldn't help her. Press into who God was. And we all know, he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. How many of you have ever been afflicted? Amen. Sometimes there's, there's kinds of affliction that you can't even articulate it. It goes straight to the marrow of the bone, and it's hard to articulate the affliction. And you have to press through so much to get to Jesus. But what I love about this passage is Jesus said, who touched me? Mm. Now the disciples looked at him and said, Jesus, there's many pressing against you. Mm. Press and touch are two different things. Mm. They said, Jesus, there are many pressing against you. He said, but yes, somebody touched me. That's what we want to do here tonight. Consecration, that we would touch the Father's heart, that we wouldn't just press in to get something, but we would touch the very essence of who he is. That's our daddy's heart. Not to just come and say, Daddy, heal, Daddy, fix, Daddy, move. Mm. But, Lord, I need to touch the very essence of who you are. That's That's our Father's desire, that we would come to know his heart. But the text that the Lord has for me um, to share with you tonight starts actually in verse 35. It says, while he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. One of the texts says, in troubled times, only believe. Look at your neighbor and say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Any longer. longer. Only Only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he beheld a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And entering, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? This child is not dead but is asleep. And they began laughing at him, but putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his companions and entered the room where the child was. And taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumai, little girl, I say to you, arise." And immediately this girl rose and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they were were completely astonished. And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this, and he said that something should be given her to eat. I'm here to tell you tonight, there's immediately getting ready to happen in your atmosphere. Because you've taken the time to consecrate yourself, to set yourself apart, the master is showing up and saying immediately, It's amazing how long you might wait, but then all of a sudden, suddenly happens, immediately happens. Why? Because the master has stepped into the atmosphere. So we want to talk about in troubled times, only believe. Do not be afraid any longer, but only believe. When I see that word only, that tells me there's another choice. There's something else that I can choose from. So only is telling me, God's saying, this is multiple choice, and I'm going to give you the answer, only believe. So there's times in our life that we are going to have an opportunity to not believe, not believe, because the situation is screaming at us. I want to look at this word, afraid. This word, afraid, in the Greek is phobio. It comes from the word where we get phobias. It means to cause, to run away, to terrify, to frighten, to paralyze in fear. Say that again, afraid, caused to run away, terrified, frightened, paralyzed to fear. Does that sound familiar to you? Look in the world today, and that's exactly what we see. The world is afraid. So he said to them, Do not be afraid any longer which means there's been a season in your life that that's exactly how you've operated you've wanted to run you are terrified you are paralyzed in fear but he said only believe now what's this only believe he's talking about there's two types of belief we see in the bible one is in James 2:19 it says and the devil's believed and trembled that belief right there the, the root word is festevo, intellectual knowledge so what it's saying there is the demons did believe in Jesus but it was all here which calls no action, no obedience, intellectual knowledge. Our world has a lot of knowledge. Information age. We have information flying at us from every direction. We're knowledgeable, but no more further than when we were. But we have all of this knowledge. But here we see in in, um, Genesis 15, it says, And Abraham believed, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Wait a minute. Time out. What's the difference? The devils believed, and they trembled. But Abraham believed, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Well, that belief right there in the Hebrew is amon, A-M-O-N, which means a transitional verb, which means he heard it and he followed. Obedience. So the difference in belief right here is your obedience. Can you move on the word of God and believe who he is? Now, the dilemma is that the believe and the afraid are in opposite corners. It is your condition facing your position. And your condition is telling you that positionally you have lost. And so we battle with this back and forth of who we believe Jesus is, who we believe what he can do versus what our condition is screaming at us because we're living that condition every day. Bad marriages, children that act like they don't know the Lord, finances screaming at us, people at the job on us. All of these conditions are screaming at us and telling us not to believe. But Jesus said, in troubled times, do not be afraid any longer. Just believe. So here we have Jesus only taking three of his disciples, the same disciples he took on the Mount of Transfiguration. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't take everybody. A lot of people confess to believe. But you have to find the people who are believing in the heart. Because, see, people believing in your heart, you don't have to keep looking back to see if they're with you. You could just keep walking and know they're right there. So you're going to have to leave some leaders now. These were leaders. These were the disciples that were with Jesus. But he only took three with them. Why? These were the ones that believed with the heart, that could receive what he was doing. So there's a lot of times that you're going to have to discern who can go with you. And who you have to say, you stay right here, we'll be back. So in it, the wisdom of God is that he took those who, what, believed in the heart. I want to jump down to verse 39. It says, and entering, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him. Mm -hmm. So now I know this man is supposed to be Jesus, but anybody, Stevie Wonder can see he's dead. (laughs) She's dead. Well, I want you to take you all the way back to Genesis 17. Remember when God told Abraham, you will not have a son? And what did Abraham do? He laughed. And then when Sarah heard it, what did she do? She laughed. You know why they laughed? Because they only knew God as Elohim, the rule maker, the law giver. But it says when in Genesis 17, when Jesus introduced the matter, God introduced himself. Let's go there a minute. Genesis 17, verse 1. It says, now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. This was the first time in the text where now God is introducing himself as El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, and not Elohim, the lawgiver. So what he was saying to Abraham is, I'm getting ready to do something that you're not used to my nature doing, so I'm going to introduce you. So why do I have to walk up and say, Gary, my name is Dinell? I've known Gary since 1991. Why is God appearing to Abraham and telling him who he is? He's walked with God. He knows who God is, but all of a sudden he's introducing himself now as the Lord Almighty. That's translated El Shaddai. So what he was trying to tell Abraham is, Abraham, you knew me as Elohim, but now I'm getting ready to introduce myself as El Shaddai. El Shaddai transcends natural law. Mm-hmm. So that's why Abraham was saying, wait a minute, can I have, like, I'm past childbearing age, God. And, and um, Sarah, she's 99. In other words, he was saying natural law goes against, our condition goes against positionally what you're saying isn't that where we stand most of the time? God, what you're saying to me positionally doesn't make sense because our condition is far from that. I know you said my marriage is going to be fixed, God, but my husband just left and just filed for a divorce. My condition is telling me something that my position, what you're telling me, Lord, it's a tilt. So here we have... Abraham, God, introducing himself as El Shaddai. So let's go on back over here now to Mark chapter 5. Because who was talking to them right there was not Elohim. It was El Shaddai. And because they did not know him, they laughed. Now this man lost it. He thinks this child is sleeping. Somebody clue him in that she's dead. But what did he do? He didn't even answer him. He what? Put him out. Some people, you just don't even need to answer. (laughs) My grandmama said, don't answer a fool. You know old school. They'll tell you, don't answer a fool. Well, that's biblical. I didn't know that was biblical. I just thought that was something grandma said. But she had something going on. You don't answer a fool. So what did he do? He put him out. Most of us are trying to keep in unbelief. You got to get rid of unbelief if you're expecting a miracle. Because I'm huge in atmosphere. God has just made me sensitive to atmospheres. And sometimes I'll walk into an atmosphere, even in church, and I have to shut down what the enemy's doing. Because all of us have that ability if we're saved. Didn't Luke 10 said, we have all authority over the enemy. So you can't dilute the atmosphere because God works in purity. He works in consecration. He works in things that are set apart. So as ministers of the gospel, which we all are, because God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, mm-hmm. when we step into an atmosphere, what we've done is we've brought the very presence of God in the atmosphere with us. Remember when they put the Ark of the Covenant in the same room as Dagon? Mm-hmm. And they came in, and he was, what, toppled over. So what they do? They propped him back up. <laughs> That's what all the world is doing. They keep trying to prop up what God has slain. Eventually came in and, what, his head was off. I said, let me tell you something. You can't play with the presence of God. Have you ever walked into a job, they don't like you, and they can't tell you why they don't like you? I'm going to tell you why they don't like you. Because you just bought in the very presence Amen. of God. Amen. I remember one of my friends said, you just mess up my high. Hallelujah. But it's not me. It's not me. You just walk into an atmosphere. and people, What it is, they're sensing that there's something different. I had my prayer partner here cracking up. We went to a funeral. And we were standing around praying. And so my aunt said, grab hands. We all grabbed hands. And my cousin just started, he just broke down. I grabbed his hand. He just, I'm looking at him like, what is wrong with you? He wasn't real close to this aunt, so I'm thinking. He looked at me after we prayed. He said, I'm just such a sinner. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what's wrong with you? But God said to me, see, light, light will bring to light what's going on. That's right. And the very presence of God in that room made him say, like, what did Isaiah say? Whoa, I'm a man of unclean lips. See, because light will bring to light what's going on. And so it's not us, but it's the very presence of God, and that's what stepped in that room. And God, because he's El Shaddai, will bring the dead to life. And so he had to put him out. He just said, okay, just be gone. The Elohim, the El Shaddai. He specializes in resurrecting that which is dead. I don't know what's dead in your life today, but God sent me here to tell you He specializes in resurrecting that which is dead. But it is our condition that keeps screaming at us. So what do we do? And I'm trying to connect this um, hermeneutically for you because God has given me three different essences, and I think it's because He's saying to us we need to believe in Him before we can believe on him, we need to believe who he is. The Spartas, the, the soldiers, when they went out to war, their mothers would line the streets and they would yell at their sons, With your shield or on it? What did that mean, with your shield or on it? They were telling their sons, Look, let me tell you something, don't you come back here without that shield. Because if you came back without your shield, you were known as a coward. So, they're saying either you're going to come back carrying it or you're going to come back and they're carrying you on it mm. with your shield or you're going to be on it. Mm. So, if you were a son and you came back to the city without your shield, you dishonored and, dis- and, and just dishonored the entire family, in other words. You were an outcast because it says you ran away from the battle. Mm. I'm here to tell you, God is saying, fight with your shield or on it. What is that shield? It's the shield of faith that quenches every fiery dart of the enemy, those, those darts of unbelief, those darts of our condition that keep screaming at us that this is the way life is. But how many of you know our script is already written in heaven? Right. We're already positionally seated with God. So how do we step into now not being fearful but believing not with our head but with our hearts? Obedience. The moment we start believing the right way, we don't care what or how or what we need. We're going to do it. Go start a church. I remember when God told Gary, you're going to be a pastor. Gary said, oh, no. Look what Gary's doing right now. What did he have to do? He had to start walking like Abraham. Could you imagine God coming to you and say, go to Dulles to a gate I will show you? What? Oh, by the way, don't, don't bother calling U-Haul. Just go on to Dulles Airport. And could you imagine Abraham trying to explain to Sarah? A Sarah God said, go to Dulles Airport to a gate he will show us, to a land he's going to take us to a land. What faith does that take to be able to believe in a God that you can just step out and leave everything that God tells you to leave and take what God tells you to take? That kind of faith. Faith is the substance of things, what hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the moment... The, the faith is needed. That's exactly where the enemy's going to hit you. Mm-hmm. But I want to let you know, tonight we want to focus in on hope mm-hmm. because faith is the substance of hope. Mm-hmm. You ever hear somebody say, I'm trying not to get my hopes up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I said, that's the wrong thing to do, boo, because that means your shield is down. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, shields are supposed to be up. Right. So you need to get your hope up that's right. because if he can get your hope down, then your shield of faith is dropped. Right. You are a target for the enemy, war wisely. You need to get your hopes up, keep that shield of faith, so it, what, propels every fiery dart of the enemy. When we do that, we recognize God is not just Elohim, he's El Shaddai. And so as I was studying this, God said, I'm getting ready to introduce myself to all of us as El Shaddai, the God that transcends natural law the God that will give you the job that other people that have 10 degrees and 10 little initials behind their name are applying for, God will say, move out the way. And he'll close the door, and he'll put you right in that position. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you believe who he is, and you believe in territory, kingdom. It's not about your position Mm -hmm. on earth. It's about your position in heaven. So here we are. God has closed them out and said, okay, Jesus said, I'm going to take this child by the hand. And he said, Talitha Kumai, little girl, I say to you, arise. God is saying tonight that we need to arise out of our condition into our positions. We've been fighting a war according to our conditions. So we're going to go over to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4. I think I'm going to read up until 7. Ephesians chapter 2. Now I'm going to show you how to rise up out of your condition and fight from a seated position. Mm. Old school used to say, rest your feet. (laughs) We knew that meant sit down. (laughs) So God is saying tonight, rest your feet. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Mm and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us that are in Christ Jesus. I said, these kings are always talking about bling, bling. You know verse 7 is some serious bling. God says, surpassing riches of his grace and kindness. That's the ultimate bling right there. So what is it saying here? I used to, I grew up in a town, Possible, Pennsylvania, it's at the base of the Poconos. And right outside our town, about 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, was Muhammad Ali's training camp. And so here we are, small town, have the, the champ of the world, the boxing right in our backyard. So they would open up on Saturdays, different hours, where you could actually go see him spire and practice. So my father would take us up there for the Saturday, and we'd watch him in the ring, and he's boxing, and there's a coach in the, in the corner screaming instructions at him. What was so deep to me is Muhammad Ali never stopped to look at his coach to see what he was saying. He was boxing. And as he was boxing, he heard the instruction of the coach. And what he would do is curtail what he was doing in the ring according to what his coach was telling him to do. Now, how many of you have ever been in a street fight? <laughs> y'all y'all haven't been saved all your little life now. I'm going to ask that again. How many of you have ever been in a street fight? Okay, now when you compare street fighting with ring fighting, it looks totally different. See, street fighting, you're just trying to survive. <laughs> so you're kicking, you're scratching, you're biting, you're doing whatever you need to do to survive. But when you step into the ring, there's a whole nother ball game. Because see, there's rules, there's regulations, there's a certain way to fight. Well, I'm here to tell you, God is taking you out of your street fight and he's putting you in the ring and he's the coach in the corner, and he's starting to holler out what you're supposed to do. So what do we do? We go from this down here, our condition, whatever it is, marriage, finances, health, and we're down here kicking and just biting and doing whatever we can do to survive. God says, come here and rest your feet. So not only does he take us to another position, he says, now sit down and fight. Have you ever fought from a seated position? (laughs) Have you? I haven't either but that's exactly what Christ is saying. But he's telling you to sit down. And when you finally sit down and stop kicking and biting and screaming, when you sit down, that's when Christ stands up. He steps into your position or your condition and says, oh, no, 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 she ain't dead. She's asleep. But he's not going to do that until we allow belief to enter with us. He wants us to be the James, the Peter, and the John that goes with him, Mm. that we believe with him. Because if not, we're shut out of the covenant promises. Because, see, you can only get that by faith. Wow. Faith is the birth canal. Wow. So if you want something from the kingdom, could you imagine me going to Shopper's Food Warehouse, having a whole grocery, and she tells me how much it is, and I plop my stilettos on the, on the counter to pay for my groceries? Do you think I'm walking out of there with groceries? I don't think so. And I have some bad stilettos, y'all. Let me tell you something. We do that to the kingdom of of God. We want a divine exchange, and we walk up with doubt. We walk up with fear. We walk up being afraid, and we want a divine exchange. Well, God said the currency of the kingdom is faith. So if we want a divine exchange with God, we have to come in faith because God said that's the only thing that doesn't please him is no faith. So we get to come in faith. Why? Believing who he is. And when we believe in who he is, Elohim, El Shaddai, then we can step into the position because he says, I've seated you, seated you where in heavenly places, so I don't have to be down here in my condition. When God showed me the revelation of this naturally, I was like, now, Lord, you mean all this time. It could have been that simple. Yes, because faith come by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So we're down here in this condition, fighting and kicking and screaming. And God says, no, 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 rest your feet. Come up here because I've positioned you. I've seated you with me. And when you allow me to do, when you sit, I stand up. I will go. I will fight. And so that's where we see the El Shaddai because then he comes down in in our natural circumstance. And he says, it's not dead. It's asleep. Your visions are not dead. They were just asleep. Your visions, dreams, things that God has called you to do, the enemy's telling you they're dead. You're too old. You don't have money. Oh, you know the lines the enemy feeds us. But God said, no, 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 they're not dead. They're asleep. So in the midst of this, what does that mean? This is the practical walk away that I want us to go away with. We have to understand God's completed work, and the seated work. Mm -hmm. So we have to receive the completed work. What does that mean? Everything he did on the cross, we need to decide that it was more than enough. Sometimes we act like in our situations that God, that was good for Gary, Pastor Gary, and that was good for First Lady, but I'm telling you, my situation, Lord, the cross just wasn't enough. Doesn't that sound silly? But that's what we say in our actions. Mm. God, that was good for everybody else, but what I'm going through, Lord, that cross is not going to cover so we have to come to not a head belief, a heart belief, that that completed work of the cross was more than enough. Because when we believe that, we will go and do against all odds, against the conditions, against who's telling us what we can't do. Do you know how many men have looked in my face and told me, there'll never be a woman pastor? So, okay. And I used to fight with that condition. And God said to me, one day he said, tell me something. Who was at the tomb? <laughs> when I rose again, I said, Mary. He said, what did I tell Mary? I said, you told Mary to go tell the disciples that you're, he said, let me tell you something. I wasn't confused in who she was, and I wasn't confused at who I was sending her to tell. Amen. And when he said that to me, I stepped up in my position. <laughs> and I sat down. Right. So then the same people that told me, oh, there will never be a woman pastor. You know what they have to do every Sunday? Every Sunday. Now we'll have offering by Pastor Denell. We have to learn to fight from a seated position because it's completed in Christ. And God's plans are sure. No man is going to be able to come up and say, oh, Jesus, you made a mistake. You put Denell there, and that's not supposed to be there. God's established word is firm. No man can come against that established word, the completed work of the cross. And when we receive the completed work of the cross, then we can rest in the seated position of where Christ wants us to be. Consecration, set apart, separate. What does that mean? One, we got to believe. Believe in him. Who is he? All the names of God. El Shaddai, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, all of the situations in our life serve as God stepping up into your life and saying, Gary, I'm now Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Mm-hmm. Gary already knows God. But when you get acquainted, some of you know my, my uh, 12-year-old son Isaiah punctured his, his um, lens and his um, cornea. So took him to the hospital or doctors, what I thought was going to be an hour appointment, turned into us being sent to Children's Hospital. And the doctor that first came in, by the time it was all over, my son had seven different specialists. And every last one of them said, I have never seen anything like this in my life. Mm -hmm. So then my son became a guinea pig, because they'd tell one specialist, and then the other specialist would come in, can I see your eye? Isaiah was done. But let me tell you how good God is. The first specialist was the only specialist that introduced himself with his first name. Everybody else, I'm Dr. Smith, I'm Dr. Jones. This doctor walks in, specialist, after my regular doctor. And the doctor says to me, we have to turn this over to a specialist. We can't help him. So the specialist comes to us and he says, hi, I'm Dr. Lazarus. I looked at my husband <laughs> and I made a declaration of faith. I said his eye is going to live again. Because the doctor was telling us his eye is dead. We don't know if we can restore his sight. He's just going to either have to have a glass eye or he's going to be out of this. Eye. But see, I was in a seated position because I went to praying and God said I got this. So when he said Dr Lazarus, I felt Jesus stand up and say I got this. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so so I looked at my husband and I said, "Oh, oh Jesus, his eyes going to live again." Because see they had a statement of faith with the Jairus said, "If you would just go." The woman said, "If I could just touch." They knew who he was. So when he God introduces himself, it does something to us on the inside that says, "Oh, it's all right." That's because I don't have to fight according to this condition. Seven doctors were telling us, I don't think he's going to see again. So God gave me Second Chronicles twenty twenty. Trust in the Lord, you will be established. Trust in his prophets, you will succeed. What I didn't know is I was standing on this way. Every time they say a negative um, di- you know, diagnosis or tell me something, I would say, trust in the Lord, and you will be established. Trust in the prophets, and you will succeed. I had to fight like this for three months. Do you know that boy? And I said, God, you have a sense of humor. The specialist came in after they checked him. He had surgery. He had to replace his lens. He has an artificial lens. Um, And they said, now, we don't know if he's going to see now. So it looks like his eye is functional, but he has no sight. And I kept looking at him, Isaiah, can you see? He was like, not yet. And I said, keep that yet because you won't see. (laughs) Because God already sent Dr. Lazarus. And what did did God say? Come forth. So I knew he was speaking Isaiah's sight saying, come forth. So then they gave us the prognosis, where well, he might see a little bit or next to none. And I said, no, nah, no, nah, trust in the Lord, and you will be established. Mm. Every time I say it, see, it took me out of my condition and put me right up here in my position. Mm. So the last wow. test they took, they looked at me, and they looked at Isaiah. Mm. Then they called another specialist, and they tested him. And the specialist looked at us. He said, y'all are stinking lucky. I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> and he said, this boy is seeing 2020. I said, "What'd you say?" He said, "This boy is seeing 2020." Second Chronicles 2020. That's what I had been standing on for three months. So when he said 2020, I didn't go to a natural eyesight. I went to the spiritual eyesight. Alleluia. My daddy had me standing on 2 Chronicles Alleluia. 2020. Alleluia. He was trying to tell me, daughter, Alleluia. he's going to be restored. Alleluia. Now his sight is so much better. He see because he wasn't in 2020 before it all started. Yeah. Yeah. I said, isn't that like our God? He will restore Alleluia. and redeem. Alleluia. And I'm thinking, so now we call him Superman. I said, boy, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> but what happened? I stopped fighting in my condition. Good. You don't have to war with your spouse. You don't have to war with your children. My children say that sometimes they act like they don't even know Jesus. I don't argue with them. I got to walk on the floor. And they know when I start speaking tongues, they are in trouble. And I just go walking the floor. What I'm doing, I'm stepping up out of my condition. And I'm calling forth what God said. He said I would be saved and my whole household would be saved. That's what my daddy said. He said if I train up a child in the way that they should go, when they're old, they will not depart. So when I'm prophesying and speaking in tongues, I'm declaring the spirit of disobedience and rebellion has to bow to the very presence of God. And all of a sudden, they start acting fine. I said, see, I stopped warring according to my condition. And I stepped up in my position. See, marriage, you see how marriage is being attacked today. Why? Because it's supposed to be the very image of Christ in the church. So the enemy is trying to take that image and stomp on it. So I don't fight just so my husband and I can get along. I'm fighting for kingdom principles because the father said to me, when you look at my marriage, you're supposed to see what Christ in the church looks like. So I have a responsibility, and it's not just to get along with my spouse. So when the enemy comes up and tries to attack my marriage, I take it personally because he's coming up against the kingdom of God. What did David say? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Coming up against the armies of God, he has lost his last bit of mind. That's my paraphrase. But that's how we have to look at it. David didn't say, who's coming up against our camp? Who's bothering us? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? If he was a brother, I could just see his head going. He's lost his mind. We have to take it personal against the kingdom. It's an assault to the kingdom of God. And the Bible says the kingdom of heaven, what? suffer of violence. But what happened? The violent take it by force. That violent is, that word there means vigilant, on fire, energized. So if you could just let your marriage just dwindle, I got a problem with that. Because that speaks to me about where your heart is in the kingdom. Because God has given us a responsibility. And he said, no, 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 you go back and take that back. What did David say? He got back and his camp was gone, children gone, everybody. He said he inquired of the Lord. What did the Lord tell him? Go get your stuff. you want? Go get your stuff. We have to be energized, vigilant, not about our own stuff, but about the kingdom of God. That's what consecration is all about. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God that we are set apart, separate for the use of God. So when we believe in him, then he begins to introduce himself in different ways. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom. Every area you're going in, every season, he's introducing himself. And so we need to take our eyes off of the situation and put them on. God, how are you showing yourself real to me now? Is it Jehovah Nisi? Is it Jehovah Shalom? God, how are you introducing yourself to me? And then last, we need to receive the completed work of the cross and rest in the seated work which means you no longer get to fight. Because the moment you sit down, Jesus says, I got this. And he steps into your condition from the position that he's in. He has all authority. And that's why we can step up in faith and say, God, this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the kingdom. And he said he would, what, fight on our behalf. And so we don't have to war and be afraid and shrink back and be in this paralyzed fear because Jesus is on the throne. He's always been on the throne and will always be on the throne. And he says, I'm enthroned in the praises of my people. So I dare you to start praising. I don't care what the situation is, just start praising. I walk through my house and I'll yell, Hallelujah. And my son said, Why do you do that? I said, because it confuses the enemy. <laughs> so I heard him downstairs one saying, Hallelujah. And I didn't know what it, I knew we were screaming. But I couldn't hear what he said, so I'm running down the steps thinking he heard him. So I said, "Boy, what you doing?" He said, "I'm down here confusing the enemy." <laughs> I said, "Amen." I went back upstairs. I said, "You confuse the enemy, baby." Some of y'all laughing, but y'all need to start screaming hallelujah, because see the enemy's all sober-minded sitting in your living room. You know the house you paid a mortgage for, and he's running the house. But you need to just stand in the middle of your living room and scream hallelujah. Take that checkbook. You know that checkbook that you have? And instead of having more money at the end of the month, you got more money or more month at the end of your money? You raise that checkbook and say, hallelujah. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's getting ready to show himself strong as my provider. When you're sick in your body, hallelujah. I'm getting ready to step in and know him as Jehovah Rapha. I've known him twice in my life as Jehovah Rapha. He healed a, a brain tumor on my son in the womb. And he healed me of scar tissue. They told me I couldn't have children. After they told me that I had two more, tell me why? Because I stepped up in my position. I said, God, what you got to say about that? Because I know you got some stuff going on. That's right, that's right. So out of all of this, I hope you remember that you don't fight according to your condition. Why? Because who is? Get out of your condition. Stop looking at the natural circumstances. Get your hold up, help up the shield of faith. That quenches every fiery dart. And there are fiery darts flying. And the more wicked this nation gets, the more darts are going to be flying. Because, see, we bring light into the circumstance. And people in darkness don't like light. So they don't even want to exist with us. They want us gone. Gone out of the workplace. Gone out of the authority places. They want us gone. Fiery darts are flying. But, see, you can't fire me because you didn't give me this job. A lot of us go home, can't eat, have ulcers. We think we're going to lose a job. And God said, hold on, I thought I was Jehovah-Jireh. That's right. That's right. What did Elijah do when the brook ran dry? Some of you are sitting in here and your brook has ran dry. Mm. But he said, go see. See, these models think they invented that, the go sees. Uh-uh, that was God. He told Elijah, go see. Go see a widow woman. Mm. Now, that didn't make sense to Elijah. Why? Because you don't ask widows for things. You're supposed to give them things. God is sending you to widows and you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. God, I'm a high exec, you want me to do what? I want you to go work over here. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I came from a great job, had to go from the police department to a a receptionist job. Didn't make sense, God said, take the job. I was like, God, I'm making this Mm -hmm. and you want me to go to this? Mm -hmm. But I heard God say, take the job. Mm So now I'm trying to explain to my man of God why I'm taking this huge pay cut. But the moment he said, thank God he's a man of God, the moment he heard me say, God said, he moved out of the way, he said, okay. Well, if God said it, he's going to provide then." Now, technically, in this job, you have to sign something that says you will not come, go out of this job and apply for another job in a company for another year. Which means whatever position you're in, you've got to stay there for a year. I was at TRW Space and Defense. I was there a month, and the execs came to me and said, we need to talk to you. I'm thinking, well, did I answer the phone wrong? what's up?" <laughs> so I walked in the office, and they said, we're going to promote you. You don't belong on that desk, so we're going to give you a promotion. So I was there a month, and now making what I was making at the police department. Mm-hmm. See God knows. He's a God of foreknowledge. Had I not listened, I'd be out there wandering in the wilderness trying to find it on my own. But see, he took me out of my condition and said, no, 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 you're positionally with me. Man doesn't give, I give. So if you go, Abraham, if you have a heart knowledge and you just follow me, I'll show you where to put your foot. So tonight we just want to pray. We want to pray that our faith would be up, that we would believe in who he is. God, how are you introducing yourself to me in this season of my life? And God, help me to recognize so I don't laugh. So I don't say, God, that's impossible. (laughs) And that we, thirdly, would rest and and receive. Receive the completed work of the cross. Receive it. And then rest your feet. (laughs) Sit on down. And allow God to do it for you. Amen. So let's just all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He the the sea the I just want you to begin to allow hallelujah to resonate in your spirit. Hallelujah. 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 He the sea the 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 Pastor Gary has given me clearance to share prophetically if the Lord needs. And for those of you who are not familiar with the prophetic, you can find that in 1 Corinthians 14. It talks about the prophetic, and all it is is hearing the voice of God and sharing what's on his heart. Amen. Hallelujah. What's your name, sir? Larry. For the Lord would say, Larry, there has been credit stripped from there have been ideas stripped from you, says the Lord. And you are a man of honor because you didn't take it in your own hands, but you released it. For the Lord would say, credit is coming back to you, my son. And even as Mordecai was rewarded for an act he did a long time ago, for the king said, what was given to this man because of the great deed he did? And that's when the king found out that nothing had been given. For the Lord would say, this is the season of honor for you. And you have been everybody else's cheerleader. You have been the foundation for many things, says the Lord. But no, I am coming and moving you from the background to the forefront. You are used to serving. Matter of fact, your heart rejoices in serving, says the Lord. But no, I'm putting a word in your mouth, a powerful word. And you will be as Mordecai on that horse, with that robe. For the Lord would say, son, I was preparing you the whole time for you are a leader in this nation. And know that it is not by man's hand that I will bring you forth. It is by my hand, says the Lord. For I am the king that asked Haman, what has been done for this man? Know that release is coming to you, my son. Even an abundance of finances, says the Lord. For you have sown in, you have built, you have grown, says the Lord. And now be ready to receive your harvest, says the Lord. For the Lord would say, my son, you are Uriah in the spirit realm. You are a man of honor. For even when David called Uriah off the field, says the Lord, he was so in honor that he wouldn't even touch his wife. He said, how can I have pleasure? when my soldiers are out on the field. For the Lord would say, you have been a man of honor, and there are many times that your heart has been broken. For the Lord would say, hope deferred makes the heart sick. For the Lord would say, I'm coming in to heal your heart. There have been many things, hope deferred, and you have been struggling with this sick heart, says the Lord. But know I am coming for, Pastor Gary, can you come over here? Put your hand on his heart for me. Know that the healing hand of, your God is on you right now. For the Lord would say, I am healing every hurt. I am healing every wound. Not even wounds of your childhood, but wounds of adulthood, says the Lord. For you have carried things from your childhood into your adulthood. And know, even as Uriah, you have been honored. But let me tell you something, son, your life will not be touched. For I am covering you with my wings, says the Lord and I am putting you in now to a plentiful field. I am putting you into places that you haven't been before, says the Lord. For my presence will lead you, my presence will guide you. Know I am healing your heart even in this moment, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Many times you have struggled, says the Lord, for many of your memories are still connected to the emotion, but know I'm sending my anointing that annihilates the yoke and from now on the memory will be separated from the emotion. So when you remember now, says the Lord, it will not be a place of sacrifice, but it will be a place of memorial. You will lift your hands and worship me for the pain that you know, for the pain that you sense in different ministries. It is now gone by my power, says the Lord. For you are walking into a plentiful place. Know that my hand is on you. Know that my glory is resting on you. And you will teach many men, says the Lord. There will be young men surrounding you. And you will be surprised at the number of men that want to follow you. For know I am sending you, even as I sent Cornelius. Know that you have a call on your life, says the Lord. And I am placing you in sure places. I am placing you in firm places, says the Lord. Rejoice and see what I will do, says the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. I see so, what's your name? William. For the Lord would say, William, you are a true psalmist at heart. And I am going to begin to drop melodies from heaven for you, says the Lord. Do you have a notebook or journal you keep at your desk or anything? For the Lord would say, I'm sending fresh manna, says the Lord. And as I send this fresh manna, it will reveal greater where my heart is. For you are a man who has sought my heart. Yes, there have been many obstacles for you to know me. But no, no more will you stand and figure and try to figure it out on your own, says the Lord. For my strength is coming before you. There are even things in your generation, your fa- I don't know whether it's your father, your grandfather, disappointments of what you thought was supposed to be. And it didn't come to pass, says the Lord. For now I am coming to fulfill those lost hopes. Know I'm coming to wake up the dreams that I've placed in you, dreams you thought were dead, dreams you thought were just your idea, says the Lord. Know I am sending them forth, and all of the things that you have desired. I just sense promotion. I don't know. What do you do for a living? CPA? I just sense promotion. I don't know what that means, if it's a, a promotion in business, a promotion in where you are. But there's promotion coming to you, says the Lord, for it is truly harvest time. Know that I am sending people around you, sending people to help you. There will be as coaches in the corner for you, says the Lord. And know that there will be many people that see what I do, for I truly prepare a, a table in the midst of your enemies. So don't sweat the enemies. Know that God loves you. And you have such a heart that you're not even going to look and mock at your enemies. But you are going to stand in the heart of God. And you are going to feast, feast before the Lord. And you will worship and bring people into worship. You will be writing songs. It's going to be amazing the anointing that flows out of you as you see the purity, says the Lord what's your name the Lord say you have not been forgotten you have not been forgotten For the Lord would say many a times you've raised your hand and many a times you've been looked over but the Lord said I set you apart I set you apart not aside He said, for know the difference, says the Lord. For there are many times you have questioned, God, am I in the right place? God, am I doing the right thing? For the daughter, he would say, he's planted your feet firm, says the Lord. And there are many things that are coming to you, things that your hands will be able to do, says the Lord. For you have imaginations that come forth out of heaven that create things with your hands. But the Lord would say, I have anointed these hands to go forth. I have anointed these hands for covenant purpose, says the Lord, and you have not been forgotten. I have covered you on purpose, says the Lord, for only certain people will be able to come near the presence and the glory of what I've given you, and they will assist you in advancing the kingdom. For you have a heart for me, daughter. I have seen you, I have enjoyed your worship, I have enjoyed how you sit before me and you just meditate For I enjoy your presence, daughter, and know that I am taking you to new levels of worship. You will sit before me, and what seems like five minutes will be five hours, says the Lord, because I am taking you out of realms into dimensions, and I am revealing certain parts of my heart to you, daughter, and as I reveal them, you will be able to bring that forth in the practical wisdom and show forth my glory to this world, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alleluia. What's your name, Miriam? Miriam, I see wall after wall after wall. It has been like a maze in your life. And just when you figured out, or thought you figured out the way out, it seems to be another wall but the Lord would say it is Jericho time and I am tearing down the walls says the Lord and your worship has come up to me your prayer has come up to me says the Lord and all of the walls that have been hindering you are now being torn down by my spirit know that I am calling you forth know that there's a great purpose on your heart know that you are a worshiper by heart and know I am setting forth Sounds from heaven, sounds that you will hear and you will resonate those on the earth says the Lord There's a family member you're concerned about for the Lord would say do not be concerned because I have put them right in the palm of my hand And all the things that are occurring in their life will work together for the good Do not worry says the Lord do not be afraid says the Lord for I have heard your cry and I am stepping into situations I am taking authority over this situation Know that I am coming forth in power and in truth. And know that I am your God, the one who delivers. What's your name? Teresa. Teresa, I see you Faithful. crowned and gowned. And I'll tell you what that means. There is authority on your head. And you have been called and I see it's purple which means deity, royalty, leadership. For you will go in and lead many women says the Lord. You will show them how to be princesses in my kingdom. You will show them how to be queens. For you are not like Queen Vashti who said to the king, I will not come. But you were an Esther in this generation. Know there are times, daughter, where it's going to look like I've forgotten. But no, I am preparing you. For Esther was prepared for a year. Six months on the inner, six months on the outer. Know there's a season coming to you, daughter, where I am going to do a whole bunch of inner sizing you. The things that have hindered you, the doubts, the fears. Know I am coming after them, says the Lord. I am coming after comfort zones. For no, I'm not concerned about those comfort zones. I'm pulling character into you, daughter, and know that you will have the heart of the king. Know that you will go forth, and I have set forth maidens to help you, says the Lord. For I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. For the Lord would say, sit at my feet, daughter, and watch what I do. Can you lift your hands with your name? Yolanda, please. can you put your hand on the heart? Yolanda, for the Lord would say, You know what it feels like to be harpooned in the heart. For there are many times that people have taken knives and stabbed you spiritually and left you for dead. But no, my delivering hand has come in this hour, and I am putting the bomb of Gilead over every wound, says the Lord. For the words that were spoken over you have been bars, so to speak, like in a jail cell but Dora, the door is open and this day you are being set free for I truly do set the captive free you are free from the words spoken over you you are free from the things done to you and not know that I only remove sin but I remove the reproach attached to sin no longer will you walk in shame says the Lord there are many times it feels like you can't even lift your head There are times that discouragement comes on you so bad, says the Lord, that there's times you don't even want to get out of bed. Know this is a new day, says the Lord, for I have given you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Know that I am restoring what the cankerworm took from you, says the Lord. And now, daughter, now this day, I say walk free in what I have commanded you to do. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I am getting a picture of you standing in the waters of rosette. The Lord would say, I have given you I have a you of authority. a rod of authority this rod isn't any normal rod. This rod is magnificent. This rod has many, I see just scars or, or indents on this rod. That represents every wound, everything you've ever gone through. It's like this rod is accounting for it. And for the Lord would say, I am sending you forth, daughter, in a, to choppy waters, tumultuous waters. But know the rod of authority is in your hand. For I am sending you, I have already mantled you with a double portion, says the Lord. And you are going forth in my name. Tell them the I am has sent you. And as you place your rod out, know that not only am I redeeming and restoring, says the Lord, but I am putting dry ground where it used to be slippery. There have been places you've tried to place your feet, and it just seems like you couldn't get sure footing. But no, I am parting and I am drying, says the Lord. And not only will you get to the other side, I have commanded the spoils to be released to you, says the Lord. So I'm not just delivering you. I am delivering you with a high hand, says the Lord for you have a heart for my nations. You have a heart to see my word go forth. I am giving you now the natural ability. You have had the spiritual ability, says the Lord, but now I am mantling you with the natural ability. No more will there be lack. No more will you sit down and try to figure out, God, how are we gonna do this? For the moment you put your foot in the water, know everything will part, my daughter. Everything, says the Lord know that I am giving it to you. No man can say no to what I've said yes to. So because you have a heart for the nations, I am pouring out. And many will look at you and say, surely was Solomon robed like this? Was Solomon clothed like this? And you will have a heart to see those who are dead come alive. Those who are oppressed come alive. No, I'm even mantling your husband in this hour, a new way, says the Lord. For he will go with you. He will have vision. He will have insight. He will have a heart for the nations. You will step your foot in the water, daughter, and watch and see. Watch and see. Stand still and see what I'm getting ready to do in Jesus' name. Yeah the I am the so grow the sea the so sea the lift both you, just lift your hands lift them high The Lord says, everywhere I send you, says the Lord, your hands will be lifted. For your arms and your legs represent the very poles that covered the Ark of the Covenant. And know as you carry my presence into places that I will send you, says the Lord, it will be magnificent. It will be glorious. A new level of glory is coming on your ministry, says the Lord. For you have decided to put me first. You have sacrificed me. You have cried, for surely it says, you will sow in tears, but you will reap in joy. Joy is now here, says the Lord. I didn't say it was on the way, says the Lord. I said it's here, says the Lord. It is making its way to your residence, says the Lord. And know you will stand in joy. Joy will be the mantle over your doorpost, says the Lord. Do not be concerned about your children, says the Lord. I have them right in my hand and they will be the forerunners for me they are the foundation of a whole new generation says the Lord I am putting them in places I am not isolating them I am insulating them says the Lord and as I insulate them I am sending them in and all of you will be a lifting there will be a lifting in the school there will be a lifting in the neighborhood there will be a lifting on your job says the Lord and the moment you walk in, the spirit of joy is going to fall like it's never fallen before. Those who were bound up will be released, says the Lord. I am releasing this anointing to you. I am releasing this in this hour, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now, if you receive that word it's not just about somebody giving you something it's about you receiving it so I want you to lift your hands God confirm your word to each and every person because you said out of mouth of two to three witnesses let your word be established so Lord I pray for the established word in each of their lives may the natural manifestation come quickly God So that they can stand firm and watch and see the salvation the deliverance of the lord father we worship you and we thank you lord we thank you lord we We receive it god 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 God. Tara if you can come up here Tara if you could come up here real quick I've asked her to sing and before she sings I'd like to prophesy over her and then I'll let her and as she sings Tara has a song of deliverance so I've asked her to to uh, pray or sing excuse me and so um, as she comes um, I'm going to prophesy over her and then I'm going to turn it over to her receive the deliverance of the Lord just receive be in a place of receptivity receive what the Lord is doing Yes. Mm. Hallelujah. Y'all pray with me because I want to be in the spirit.